0: Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we bring on Will Scouch of McKean's Hockey to break down the draft lottery and who the Red Wings could be looking at in the top 10. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, that's right, Scotty. I saw that shrug. You were impressed. <laughs> that, was you know good, it that, was that was good, good. Yeah, that was good man. That was good. You got it one take. I'm proud of you. I'm proud. That was a first take cold open, and that was a banger. If I do say so, I'm really proud of myself.
1: So, <laughs> what do you say? As the kids say, to the moon. To to the moon. Oh uh, no! <laughs> welcome.
0: Good lord! What is Brian? Start. Has some great uh, quotes, bro. Great yeah. quotes. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, Scotty also hosts. Over at Lockdown Tigers, thanks for making us your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available on all platforms. Scotty, today we have brought back recurring guest, Will Scouch. Uh, he is the founder of Scouting and the head of video analysis at McKean's Hockey. And um, what a great time to bring, timing-wise, to bring him on with the draft lottery. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be today. And so we've brought Scouting on today to talk to us about Like I said, in the cold open, his thoughts about what the Red Wings could be looking at in the top 10 there. And then as well, like what makes Shane Wright the consensus number one. But before we get to any of that, Will, how the hell are you doing, man? I'm
2: doing well. It's busy season. This is around when uh, I think we were saying before the show, this is like scouting Easter. It's the beginning of, you know, the great feast. And then at the end of it, you know, well, I guess it's not the beginning of the great feast. You have to feast at the end, but uh, or something like that. I don't know. I'm not I'm not up on my religious upbringing but anyway you get what i'm trying to say there's a there's a big party at the end of the tunnel and the tunnel kind of starts now uh it's busy but it's exciting uh done a lot of work to get to this point so i'm excited to see uh see where things go from here happy to happy to be
0: back for sure yeah that was my uh follow-up question was the last time you were on were we on video format at the time we i don't i don't know i don't think so i don't think so either so i don't don't
1: think we were yeah because it was you have you been on since brian took yes he has been just on the once. one one time yeah okay okay early so, what been, so it would have it been really uh, early YouTube. on then yeah, yeah. right so, oh right right yeah that would have been really early on yeah yeah maybe, maybe congratulations be, yeah.
0: yeah we're on youtube now your, so there you uh, go youtube debut
2: uh yeah i mean it's not my first locked on youtube debut on video but, but I'll it's take the one that matters oh. yes of course it's the, it's the one that matters
0: yeah
2: top top tier locked on show i'm back for video form we're fully
0: locked and loaded All right, well, let's get right into it here. Um, We're going to obviously talk about the draft lottery. The draft lottery being tonight, the Red Wings have the eighth best odds at jumping up to number one overall at 6%. Uh, More than likely, they'll probably stay pat, though. Um, The first question I have for you there is assuming that they stay in that 8 to 10 range because they could fall back, hypothetically, to 10th overall, who do you like in this draft class, in that top 10 range that the Red Wings could be looking at there in that that 8 to 10 spot?
2: Well, the great thing about this year's draft from my read on it is that there is no real consensus on who's going to go where, and it's going to really be a matter of who likes whom. Um, And I get the feeling like this happened last year too, with Arizona at nine and LA at 10, where they got guys like Dylan Gunther and Brant Clark. And it was again, similar. And there's this like kind of nebulous group of players. And at some point, good ones are just going to slip and be available at your pick. So I don't, I can't really tell you exactly who will be there for Detroit because there's very, very serious uncertainty, I think, based on the top, even top five in this year's draft, I think. But there's a lot of really good options. And I mean, the thing about Detroit, I look at what they kind of need on their team and, and I look at what there's available in the draft and I don't see anything that really checks a perfect box, but there's a lot that I think could certainly support what they've already built. Um, You know, if a guy like David Juracek somehow by some miracle is the guy that's just the odd one out because people are a little spooked about his injuries or anything, and he's available in that pick, then that's a guy who off of guys like Sider and Edvinson, like certainly would give you a pretty big, mean, nasty defense group that can still play with the puck and play offensively and, and put up some points, which is certainly valuable. Um, a guy like Matthew Savoy might be that center maybe that Detroit kind of in my opinion kind of lacks like mm-hmm. if in if you look at what when i look at the red wings i see Dylan Larkin the captain of the team and i go who's his who's the next Dylan Larkin like who's going to be the guy that Larkin hands the keys to when he's sort of 33 years old and you know over the over the hill quote unquote or whatever and and sort of riding off into the sunset as a as a Detroit you know hopefully Detroit very well respected Detroit Red Wing And I think that, you know, you look at Matt Savoy and I go, okay, those two guys, they room together in camp. They hang out all the time uh, because I think that the speed and sort of excitement level of Savoy's game, it, 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 there's work that needs to be done there. But I think a guy like Dylan Larkin could certainly bring a little bit of that influence of, of sort of, here's what you need to work on. Here's where you need to go. Especially if he wants to play up the middle, which is where I would try to play him. And I think he could be available in that pick for them um i'd be really uh, but the other thing i'm really interested in is what the trade market is like you know i'm a huge brad lambert fan i get the feeling that brad lambert could be a guy you get later than detroit picks could you trade down and and maybe add a pick you know and and get a guy like brad lambert because he's right up that sort of dylan larkin alley too where it's his game is marked by speed and skill and and just pushing pace and really sort of driving pucks up the ice that's that's a huge part of brad lambert's game and he's kind of gone because The the results haven't been there for sure this year, but I, I definitely think that he's been one of the more unlucky players in the draft this year. And, and you might be able to get him later than you should. But if it's any of other names than the ones I've mentioned that I would expect to be gone before then, I can't tell you there's a whole bunch of guys that I think have a perfectly reasonable chance at going there. Like Frank Naser could be a good red wing. Uh, Isaac Howard could be a lot of fun as a red wing guys like cutter. Goche might fit there. Liam Ugren, there's a good sort of Swedish backbone in the, in the future of the Red Wings and a guy like Liam Ugren might give them a bit more of a, I guess, you know, you've got the shot in offense and offense and sort of brain of Lucas Raymond, but Ugren's more of a physical sort of intense North South guy that could drive some good results in the NHL as well. Uh, you might want to go a little off the board, maybe Kevin Korchinski, like a puck moving defenseman to sort of offset the more physical, you know, uh, physical side of the defenseman that they've already got. But that's also, I think, a little bit rich for me in terms of drafting Korchinski. So it'd be really interesting to see what the market is like for moving down, if that's the case. But if there's guys like Juracek, Savoy, maybe Lambert, I could, I could see that being perfectly acceptable and, and something that gives the Red Wings
0: something inter- interesting to work with. Well, and you, you mentioned something there at the beginning that really struck me is that there was not a single guy that really checked Detroit's boxes. And I 100% agree with that. Um, not to say that there aren't very talented guys in this draft, because it, it, it's a really deep top 10 here. You know, obviously you have Shane Wright, who's in his own tier, but two through 10 there is really, really stocked with great uh, talent. The problem is, is, and this is a good p- problem to have, it feels like the Red Wings have really loaded their cabinet up with talent in recent years, yep. or you look at the defensive prospects they have on the way, obviously guys like Simon Edmondson, Albert Johansson, William Wallander. Um, on offense, you have guys like Jonathan Bergren, Donovan Sobrango, Theodore Niederbach. So you got talent on both ends of the ice coming up. So you don't necessarily have like an immediate need. I, I do agree that center is probably the most pressing need right now because I, I Jonathan Berger looks like he could be NHL ready, but you don't quite know where he's going to fit in that lineup. Joe Valeno took some decent sets, steps forward. But if you draft a center and Scotty and I were talking about this ahead of time, if you draft a center rather than a wing worst case scenario, Couldn't you just transition one of these centers to winger and get production out of them that way?
2: Well, that's a big thing. A lot of these, a lot of these guys that are listed at center, like I've tracked, um, I I don't think there's a guy in my first round rank that I haven't taken a detailed look at. And, and so there's a lot of those guys listed at center. Don't often play a lot of center down, down that in that range or they, or they ping pong back and forth depending on who they play with. Savoy is one of those. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think there's the potential for that. Uh, there's a lot of these guys, you know, it's, it is, you know, in many ways, it's a lot easier to go from center to the wing um, centers, a really, really hard position to play in the NHL, but there's, it's interesting. Like we were talking about these sort of Dylan Larkin esque sort of speedy centers. And I think there's a few of those this year that, you know, if I'm Detroit and I like that type of player, like you, you might be able to get a little bit creative and, and and think of something that, that might be a little outside the box. I mean, guys like Noah Osland, is a guy who had a great under 18 recently and he's right up that sort of speedy center alley with really good skill and and really smart player. But and if with that guy, I mean, if all else fails, I could see him being a good winger and yeah, you're right. I think it is relatively not straightforward, but it's easier to see a situation where a player tries to play up the middle at center in the NHL and you know, the physical side, the physical aspect of it, the speed aspect of it, or, you know, just the defensive side of it might be a little bit much, um, so they fall back on being a winger. There's some guys where I'm more comfortable with that idea, but you know, it's hard to it's hard to predict that when these guys haven't even been drafted yet, and we'll see where they're at in two or three or four years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do got to talk to you guys today about BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NLF futures. BetOnline is a continued source for all sport wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, continue our conversation with Will Scouch, uh, founder of Scouting and head of video and analysis at uh, McKean's Hockey, and we talked a lot about where the Red Wings could find people in the 8-10 and 10 range. Um, but Before we get to my next question, Scotty, hello, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, do you have any – you got something? <laughs> we, we've kind I of mean, been dominating the conversation. Like my... I want to make you feel involved.
1: <laughs> well, no, no. It's, it's – no, these are I, – I, I love having, having Will and Sam specifically on because we, like, don't have to worry about – um, we don't have to worry about like a ton, a ton of prep. Like we know that they know what they're talking about, and they're just gonna tell us. So like that's awesome, and and very, very makes our jobs a lot easier. Um, I, I you heard it here first, thing- guys. We're
0: unprepared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the I, I think this thing, kind of like that you talked about in, in the first segment with the fact that any of these guys, especially in the top ten or twelve, can really go anywhere. I then I don't know how early you want to get to this, but like moving up, if we were to move up to two. Like, would that is does that still hold true where like there's a plethora of guys that you could see going at two? Like, is it just Shane, everybody else, or is it like in even at least there's a pretty clear like, okay, this dude's two, and then maybe after that, the drop off yeah. happens.
2: So, yeah, to me, the, to me, the only reason you'd move up is if it were me, the only reason you'd move up is because you know Logan Cooley's going at two. Like, that's that's sure. the guy who, if if I really, really wanted him, which, you know, I could see, you know, he's a, he's a really, really talented offensive center and one of the more creative, skilled players out there. But, you know, it depends on what you're talking about to move up. Because if you're sitting at eight, let's say, moving from eight to two, which is probably where you're going to need to move is going to be really expensive. And is sure. it, it, you know, I think in that situation, it's going to be more worth it for the guy at two or, or whoever it is at two to trade down to eight. If, if they're, and they're going to be willing to, to accept that price because you're going to probably need to pay a lot. So I, I, I think, I, I mean, I look at this draft. I don't think Shane Wright in terms of talent level has a real sort of clear cut. Number one claim. I think, well, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think he's certainly, he's in the top group. Like it's, it's obviously he's, if I'm picking number one this year, he's the guy I'm going with, but I certainly do think that in a few years we could look back and, you know, we'll see Logan Cooley maybe scoring 75 points and Shane Wright scoring 65 or Shane Wright scoring 70 points and Logan Cooley scoring 80. Like I could just see that happening in terms of projecting them to the NHL. I, I, I think that right now, my top group right now is, is right Lambert Cooley in that order. I love Brad Lambert. I think he's, again, I mentioned it before. I think he's one of the unluckiest players that not only in this draft, but that I've seen in a really, really long time. Like he reminds me a lot of what I was seeing out of JJ Paterka, where he's doing a lot of really good things on his own individually, but his team can't do crap around him, but he's still trying to sort of find ways to create offense. And so, I mean, I, I, see, I see that out of Brad Lambert, and I, I still watch guys that I have ranked below him that a lot of people have ahead of him, and I'm going, yeah, I'd still probably take this kid and, like, see what happens with him, and especially if you can get him later.
0: Um, so, not, not to cut you off there, yeah, of but course. Brad Lambert's really interesting because de- he's definitely one of those players in the, this draft, this, this top group that people don't really know where to slot him. You have him going as high as two in your own personal, it sounds like, but yep. a lot of people have him going as low as like eight, some even have him falling out of the top 10. So in your eyes, Will, yeah. like what makes him such a special talent? Well, I think, I think
2: a big part of it is that he's probably the best combination of speed and skill in the draft. Like in terms of pushing guys on their heels, like the NHL is fast more than anything now. Like just everything is done quickly. Decisions are done quickly. The puck moves quickly. The puck ends up in the net quickly. Like everything happens quickly. So I always latch on to players that can think quickly and go quickly and, and already have that sort of natural feel for the game at that kind of a speed already there. I, I look at Brad Lambert and I look at the guys he's been playing on as line mates, like with Yveskala, his most common line mates were I think bottom, like two guys that played in the bottom six in the AHL last year. And they're just not keeping up with him. They're not getting in position fast enough. He's kind of alone in the offensive zone for extended periods of time that are valuable seconds where, you know, and he's, I've seen him beat out offensive dump-ins more often than most guys have tracked this year. He's a hardworking defensive player from what I've seen, at at least in transition. Uh, He had some of the great, the the best offensive transition data I've tracked before he got moved to his new team. Uh, Just couldn't create anything with it because I don't think he had much help unless he was playing with their top line guys, which wasn't happening very often. Now that he's moved, I, I, I watch a lot of hockey with him playing with the Pelicans team in, in Lottie and they are not particularly much better than the team he left. Like they won't use him on breakouts. They've stuck him on the wing, you know, kind of closed off how he likes to play with open space. Um, again, his line mates are okay. Uh, like their breakout structure is very strange. The defensemen rely on a lot of dumps. Whereas he kind of is a guy who I would use swinging low in the, in the defensive zone, hit him with a breakout pass and just let him sort of carry the puck up the ice and use skill and distribution ability to move the puck. So I think, I think he's not really playing to his strengths. I think that I get the feeling that the offense, like I've seen him get so many chances that are just almost, you know, like a lot of almosts and, and, and I just get the feeling that had a couple of bounces gone his way. Had he been with some better line mates over the course of the entire season? You know, I I get the feeling there's a quick turnaround in his game. Like, look at what happened with Atu Ratu once he got out of position out of a questionable scenario sure. he was in over in Finland too. So it's not out of the question. I think he's still one of the best players available this year. Like it's not like he forgot to play hockey. And a lot of people thought he was a top three guy after last season. And I still think that player's there. So I think him right and Cooley, but deserves to be in their own group at the top. I, I think Shane, Wright. We can talk about him in detail, but I mean, he's the number one guy for me, but I definitely think that there's competition. And I think in the, in, in the future, it's... we'll look back and go, yeah, maybe this
1: was a little closer than we it's
0: thought. It's not as clear-cut as previous years have been. I don't I think, think so, at least. At least one. I don't
1: I don't think so. Is that due to anything with him, or is that more due to just the people behind him being underappreciated or over- overlooked?
2: Well, it's, I think a lot of things are going on. I mean, he had a relatively slow start to the year, which is expected because he missed an entire season, but I think a lot of people... I hear. I've seen him play a lot, and I hear a lot of people say a lot of things that he does that I just don't think he does. You know, they're saying that he's like, oh, he wants to be Patrice Bergeron. He's a great defensive player. He's this and this and this. And I just don't see that. I see, I see a really intelligent offensive center who, it, the thing, the thing with him is that I question how much what he does will work in the NHL in terms of, he's not the fastest player. He, he can be pretty quick, but he doesn't play necessarily well at a high speed. He he's at his best when plays coming towards him and he can sort of read the ice take his time, survey the ice, make a play. You know, he connects on his transition passes pretty well. He has a great feel for when to make a play in the offensive zone. Like he just has a natural feel for the game and which, which is great. Like, and I think that that sort of sets him apart. And if yeah, the rest really of the teach picture, IQ, improved, right? No, of course not. And he, and he certainly does that. Um, he's got a really good shot. I feel like he could have scored more than he did, but I feel like also they were trying to get him to make a little bit more plays and, and trying to work off his line mates and work with them a little bit better um, then what he was doing two years ago. And I still think that he, you know, he's number one on my list for sure, just because he's probably the smartest player in the draft, at least when he has the puck defensively, he's a work in progress. I think like there's still, you know, he can have moments where you're going, you know, he's in, he, he might look like he's sort of blocking off passing lanes, but then pucks will go straight through him, And, you know, not the most intense defensive player along the boards and, you know, just kind of waiting around for pucks to hit him so he can go moving offensively, which is fine. Um, But I I still think that he, you know, it's yes, like Logan Cooley has had a great year. Yes, I think Brad Lambert has had a pretty good year. I mean, not great, but but there's interesting things to look at. Um, but I think also a big thing that's happening is that a lot of people had, they, they get this, like, I guess it's like anchoring. They have this image of Shane right in their head. It's like, okay, he was an exceptional player. He had 30, whatever goals in the OHL as a 16 year old. He went to the under 18s and and had a few highlight real goals. Like this guy is incredible. Like, you know, how could anyone possibly not have him number one? And so when he does kind of over a big sample in Kingston kind of have a, you know, he had a very good year. I will not take that away from him, but so did a guy like Logan Cooley. And so did, you know, even guys like Yuri Slavkovsky had a really good year. Um, And he went to the Olympics even and scored a bunch of goals there. And, you know, David Yuricek, if he hadn't gotten hurt, who knows what he would have been able to do between January and now when he started playing again. So I just, I just get the feeling that a lot of people were very sort of, they had a very high standard for beating Shane Wright because of what they had seen prior, which is fair, but based on what I've seen this year and how I think about how he'll play in the NHL, that is, there's, there's a little bit of question marks in terms of, you know, how effective will he be? Like how much of an offensive impact player will he be? But he'll, he'll play, he'll be good for sure. But I just get the feeling that it's a lot closer than, than we think.
0: So we've talked a lot here about the forwards in the upcoming draft. um, But let's shift the tension a little bit more to the defensive end of things. And the Red Wings, as I said, are pretty well stacked in defense. But I said the same thing last year. And, you know, I was a little (laughs) bit I was slightly disappointed by the fact that Steve Eiserman at first took Edmondson over uh, William Eklund, who was still on the board. Um, A year later, that looks like a fine pick. Trust the Iser plan. Never should doubt that, that man. But. If the Red Wings do surprise and go with another defenseman again, who do you think is the best-looking defenseman in this, this top group? And if, if so, would that person be available for the Red Wings at, say, eight, if that's where they end up falling? So I
2: doubt I doubt that the two guys that I have ranked... So the two guys I have ranked pretty high at defense are David Juracek and Simon Nemich. So Simon Nemich I'm cooler on than a lot of people, but I've seen him ranked as high as two on some boards. And if he's a top-three pick... Fine. Like, I'll let another team do that. And I am more than happy drafting a guy like Matt Savoy or something later on. Um, I just, I, I, again, it's similar to Wright, where it's like he's not bad. There's absolutely nothing really wrong with Nemich's well there is but I mean in terms of, of <laughs> like in like Nemich's offensive quarterbacking ability and, and his ability to carry pucks up the ice is really really impressive and um, it's almost like Simon Edmondson last year without the defense kind of thing for me with him and and which is great like that's really fun um, but if that's a top three pick then then so be it uh, and I think David Juracek teams won't be able to hold themselves in like he's a big skilled physical guy who is unrefined but I think there's a lot of upside and a lot of potential to work with, with him. The next defenseman on my list is Seamus Casey, but I don't think he's a guy you draft in the top 10. Um, I love him. I love his potential. I love the skill he's got, the creativity. He might be one of the most daring skilled defensemen in the entire draft, but there's a lot of work to be done with his footwork and with his skating ability, with his strength. luckily he's going to Michigan. So that's a good place to learn and a good place to get better. And maybe there's a connection there with Detroit, but I do not expect him to be a top 10 pick. Uh, and you would probably be trading back to land him. Other than that, I mean, I've heard Kevin Korczynski is a guy that teams might draft in the top 10. And if he's the third defenseman off the board, like if if he ends up in Detroit at eight, let's say, I wouldn't hate it. It would be, it would be a bit of a reach to me, but again, he's a really gifted sort of puck carrier, very sort of Simon Nemich like in that sort of gifted, sort of skilled offensive puck carrying defenseman brand, which offsets, kind of what detroit's been getting like maybe up that william Walinder area maybe guys like Korchinski are. and i mean the next defenseman on my board is vladimir grudinan and no one's going to draft him in the first round <laughs> i don't think uh i just get the feeling that he's going to be drafted in the fourth fifth sixth round just for a number of reasons but i i have a i'm a huge fan of him um and i've watched a lot of him in the khl this year you know like that's a tough league to play in and he's been playing decent minutes uh when he does play there and does not look out of place at that level which is really impressive and i get the feeling that he's not getting the respect he deserves like i'm looking at 53rd in europe but according to central scouting and and i just i can see why you wouldn't draft him in the first round for very obvious reasons but i still think he's that good that he could be considered there beyond that i mean pavel Minchukov you could pick him in the top 10 sure but again like you're kind of hoping on really really positive development and the rest of them i think are guys that maybe detroit has an easier time swinging on for maybe their second round pick in the early part of that of that round
0: is there any guy any of those defensemen that and i, I preface this by saying like this doesn't happen that often but you know guys that steve eiserman sees that a lot of people don't see in the top 10 i.e. a moritz Sider that was mm-hmm. deemed as a reach do you see any of these defensemen, possibly, and I'm not saying like make a hot take, bold take right here. Yeah, is there no. anyone that you think that could surprise us in a couple of years? And you know, if you were to do a redraft to 2022, people would be like, yeah, this defenseman, or maybe this forward, even should have been a top ten pick all along.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that's the fun part about in my in my experience, like that's the fun part about defensemen is that a lot of the good ones don't go really high. So that's why I have guys like Rudin and really high. Um, but I think in terms of realistic draft picks that could be picked really high that a lot of people might have a little lower, the first ones that jump to my mind are Sam Renzel and Leon Bixell. So Sam Renzel is a high school player from Minnesota, but he played with uh, Waterloo and he's been playing with them in the USHL. Really impressive offensive defenseman, really good skill, You know, gets involved offensively. Defensive game is still a work in progress, like a lot of young players, but he's also pretty young, played high school hockey most of the year, so shortcomings are expected. But when he's got the puck on his stick, he's one of the more interesting sort of puck managing, puck carrying defenders out there. Um, Leon Bixell, I think his game, I I, I could easily see, he's, he kind of does give me a little bit of more at cider vibes. I mean, not in terms of like, oh my God, more at cider vibes, but uh, more like when I, I went back and watched a lot of Moritz cider from his draft year, for example, and I think I see with pixel maybe similar sort of friends and tendencies in terms of a guy who has size and some skill and some reach and he's physical and intense without maybe as much um, evasion like a guy like cider had. I don't know. I, I still, to this day, don't know what happened with Moritz cider so fast where he got as good as he is now. I still, I watch him with the Red Wings and I still don't, Quite understand how he's been this good. He's been really, really good, but I still don't quite understand how he's been this good. Um, But Leon Bixell, like for Bixell, he's just a physical, a physical guy who's had better and better skill as the years gone on. Um, I've gotten more and more comfortable with him after not really liking him at the beginning of the year. Um, But he's gotten better, a lot more comfortable, uh, a lot more settled with the puck on his stick, especially. And I think there could be something there that. Might surprise people if he gets drafted a little bit higher, but i would not be i would not be
0: surprised I know a lot of people regarding Moritz cider I, I some people were saying that um cider was maybe a little bit underrated because of the league he played in as opposed to other players because he played in the d e l at the time of the draft i don't know how much credibility is to that
2: but yeah. that's uh
0: that's that's a little off topic
2: yeah i mean <laughs> that's part of it for sure i uh, i don't know I went back and watched <laughs> again like i still He's been extremely good. I st- I just still I need to spend more time watching him because I still don't quite get it a hundred percent. But he's been he's I guess I guess he can sum it up by just being like he's a monster. He's more <laughs> of a monster
0: than he was when he was seventeen. End end sentence. I have one more question, and it's not about this draft, but it's more of a, a look back at last year's draft. But before I get to get get to that, Scotty, do you have anything? No, I mean I I, I think
1: pretty much everything that that uh i wanted to cover i mean the the biggest like we got to we covered shane Wright and everything like just on the off chance we win the lottery um but there i mean like for the most i i'm just very intrigued with um like you said earlier like having a pick at the back part of the top 10 in a draft that is so i don't want to say equal but for lack of a better term like uh, the talent level or at least the. um implication of talent level seems very equal from, you know, the back part of the top five all the way through
0: 10. It, it'll be, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the final call that or call, the final question that I have regarding this whole thing is, you know, last year the Red Wings took Simon Edmondson and, you know, a year out, it looks like another one of those. I mean, he was a guy that everyone knew was going to be, a, a, you know, develop into a great guy, a great player but he has had a fantastic year over in the SHL nominated for um, rookie of the year in the SHL league, along with Pontus Andresen, a a guy that the Red Wings signed. Um, What have you seen from Simon Edmondson in in terms of the steps forward that he's taken this year?
2: Yeah. um, I'm always, I'm always much more conservative with, with uh, getting behind players until I see them, you know, continue to bring those positive changes forward. But I did see quite a bit of Edmondson this year over the year. Uh, From what I can gather, just from watching him a little bit, like he was a guy last year who had one really, really, really big flaw that really harmed him. And like, he was a strong defensive player, strong puck carrier, really when he, when he got creative and daring in the offensive zone, he really could pull it off and it got impressive. Uh, You know, one of the more skilled defensemen in last year's drafts, especially considering his size, but he just could not move the puck. Like he just could not pass the puck to save his life it got a little bit better over the course of the year, but just his ability to see the ice and read it and execute uh, was really, really tough to watch sometimes. And I think that a big change has been the coaches must be going, you know what, just carry the puck yourself. Like just, if you think you if you think you've got a seam up the ice yourself, just go
0: kind of just, embracing just, that. Uh, yeah. That just have down. a go,
2: you know? And, and I feel like, cause he's big, he can get a nice head of steam going. He's got skill. Like, why shouldn't he carry the puck? And I feel like he's been doing that a lot more. He's been jumping into the offensive zone, you know, trying to create off the boards a lot more. Um, You know, I can't say I've seen a tremendous amount of him this year, but just from what I've gathered and, and what I've been able to see, it just seems to be that instead of like, they might, I'm sure they are they're They might be simplifying his passing game being like, look, focus on D to D offensive zone cycles, whatever. But in terms of moving pucks up the ice, you're like a carrying guy. Like that's what you do. That's your bread and butter. You know you're mobile enough to cover your own mistakes. If you do lose the puck, you can get back and cover yourself. All that doesn't really seem to be a problem, and it just seems like from leveraging that a little bit more and being more confident and more settled on his feet and and just pushing things that direction a little more seems to be working a little bit better for him. Um, so I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. He had a great year. Rookie of the year is a big deal. Uh, I don't I don't know if I would expect him in the NHL as soon as next year, but I definitely think that. You know, he earned himself a contract. He earned himself a look, uh, and I think the defense is at least good enough. And I, we'll we'll see how it goes, but a really promising step forward that sort of leverages his strengths while hopefully working on the weaknesses in the background.
0: Well, and then hey, if the Red Wings get Barry shots behind the bench, you know, maybe things look, <laughs> look even more up. So there you go. I mean, yeah, that, there that's you go. something, Scotty. That's something that we actually at, at least have to mention. Um, yeah, we're work, gonna have to do an episode work. like maybe dedicated about that later in the week because that that is a very appealing coaching candidate that is suddenly available. Um, a couple of days ago, Will, I made a comment like I don't want anyone from the coaching carousel. I don't want any of these head coaches that have except been in him. the league a thousand years. And then as soon as he got let go today, I was like, yep. "Addendum, yeah, except for <laughs> Barry Trotz, except Barry Trotz, <laughs> except for Barry Trotz." Yeah. So, um, it, it's going to be a very interesting off season for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, they have. Obviously, what's likely to be, in Scotty and I's opinion, the Rookie of the Year and more Moritz Sider. Um, Raymond, possibly a finalist in that category as well. We'll find out very shortly as they're starting to announce the finalists for these trophies. Um, you have Simon Edvinson maybe on the way next season. Jonathan Bergen maybe on the way next season. A new head coach behind the bench. And then another top 10 draft pick this year. And very suddenly, this Red Wings core is, you know, might take another year or two for them to be legitimately a playoff contender. But very suddenly, the... It's gone from, you know, rebuild to build and it, it's really exciting time to be a Red Wings fan.
1: Oh, Damn yeah. right.
2: I bet. <laughs> Damn right.
0: All right. Uh, Will, thanks for uh, coming on again. Always yeah, happy to you. have you plug yeah, your stuff, anytime. man.
2: Yeah. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scouting, or I have a YouTube channel on, uh, on YouTube, the, obviously uh, at Scouting. there um, video season's coming in hot. So we've got lots coming out uh, until the draft. Uh, you can also support me directly at patreon.com slash where you'll get access to all kinds of stuff, player cards, data sets, uh, early access to videos, written forwards, all kinds of stuff. So you can check that out. You can also access that through YouTube, through YouTube memberships. Uh, what else? Uh, McKeen's Hockey. Uh, I'm a contributor there as well. All my written reports end up there as well. So if you're a subscriber there, you can read them there. The video team, me, Greg Revac, and Sam McGilligan, uh, we put out some work there whenever we can. Um, and I think that does that, that just about does it.
0: Yeah, there we go. Um, so make sure you follow him and all his colleagues. Scotty, yes. you and I will be back live tonight by the time you're listening to this. Um, as we're going to do a live reaction to the draft lottery. That will serve as our Wednesday episode as well. Um, we'll be back then. So any final thoughts? Anyone? No, sir. We've all. Any truth? Any truths you have to get off your chest before, uh, before we sign off? Before you watch their their show on
2: Wednesday, you could watch mine actually live during the draft lottery tomorrow night. That would be fun. It's on my YouTube channel.
0: There you go. You go from live draft the... lottery reaction with Will to post reaction yeah. with Scotty and I. That there sounds like a
2: dynamic duo. I like that it. Sounds electric. What so, else would you uh, want to be doing on a Tuesday, Wednesday? You'll, you'll
0: get smart analysis from Will, and then just like two cavemen, just b- bashing your yeah. against the wall for half an hour. After that, right. it's okay. Uh, <laughs> you just you just need the takes. That's all. Uh, you just you just need the takes. Shane Wright yeah. is. Yeah. Not a top 10 yeah. pick. Yeah. A bust. <laughs> he should, he and, should just fall right to Detroit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you'll hear the mouses clicking on our videos. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just the just crap on us. All yeah. right. We'll be back with you guys t- uh, later tonight. Same time. Same place. It's your team every day. Every day.